Hello, dear viewers. We are very glad to welcome you today to our roundtable, Global Crisis, What Kind of Future Will We Choose? Resuming the conference, Global Crisis, This Already Affects Everyone, which was held on July 24, 2021. Today's burning issues were discussed at a conference. Artificial intelligence development, environmental crisis, and most importantly, the real causes and consequences of climate change happening everywhere. These topics were discussed by scientists, researchers, professors, businessmen, political figures from all over the world. The conference was organized by people from 180 countries around the world. It was streamed live and translated live into 72 languages. It was streamed live on thousands of platforms of channels worldwide. Exactly, Christian. Greetings, dear viewers. And we discuss, we continue this discussion because it's so vital and so acute for all of us to continue this conversation because we need to do everything possible that this vital information will get to every single person on earth. And uh, I'm so honored to introduce you to our guest speakers today, Dr. Rechad Abdul, international consultant to UNODC, the African Union and the Global Fund, Senior Regional Drug and HIV Advisor in Kenya. Welcome, Dr. Abdul. Dr. Al-Zahra Shahin, Director of Aswan Mental Health Hospital, Practicing Psychiatrist, uh, WHO staff member from Egypt. She will join us shortly. Uh, Dr. Tatiana Zinchenko, PhD, psychotherapist, psychiatrist, psychologist, rehabilitation physician, president of the International Association for the Study of Game Addiction in Switzerland. Welcome, Dr. Zinchenko. Dr. Ahmed Abdullah, medical doctor, psychiatrist from Cairo, Egypt. Ms. Falguni Joshi environmental communicator based and at uh, Ahmedabad, India. Welcome, dear guests. Welcome also from my side. To the conference, vital topics were raised regarding artificial intelligence, regarding the environmental crisis, which we caused with the development of our economy and of our society. And of course, the climatic crisis, that is happening already everywhere and affecting everybody. This conference created a wide response glo globally. And this is why the next conference will take place on December 4th, 2021. Global crisis, time for the truth, where we will go deeper into the topics of environmental issues and climate change, discussing this all together. So, because this conference on July 24 created such a wide response. Let's watch together a fragment of it just now. Ma 
modern civilization has entered the stage of instability and global crisis. The future has already arrived. In the field of artificial intelligence, I really understand that today we see tremendous opportunities and possibilities. We will have human level intelligence in general problem solving uh, and that we could have that pretty soon. And in the consumer society we live in today, it will leave us jobless. Hello, you are fired. Every owner of some corporation will create a number of machines, fill it with artificial intelligence, so a human being will simply become out of demand in this chain. Millions of people around the world have already become climate refugees. The events are developing at a shocking speed. The force of cataclysms is growing in progression. Their frequency is increasing every day. What you can see here is in red are the amount of this particular uh, uh, characteristic of uh, the planet, you know, that is left. And we can see that in many cases we have lost more than 60, 50, 60, 70 percent of this particular ecosystem or species. We're eating our planet. Maybe it's time we realize our responsibility and solve our problems together. Because sudden large-scale natural disasters occur on the planet on a daily basis. And there are fewer and fewer safe places. Soon everyone will be hungry, barefoot, naked. Because of consumerism, we are the generation that will see it through. Either we can stand up to it or it will end with us. One hundred eighty countries on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement. It is broadcast live on thousands of YouTube and other streaming channels. Moreover, thanks to volunteers from around the world who understand the importance of this event, the conference is simultaneously translated into 72 languages. The main value in a creative society is human life, your life, the life of your children, your loved ones. Only together can we find solutions. And we all want peace and happiness. And together we can create this world. Yes, I uh, absolutely agree. Only together we can create the world a better place. And uh, I would like to ask our guests to share, in short, your impression on the conference, on the topic that we raised there, and on the whole scale of facts which were brought up. Maybe we can start with uh, Tatiana. Yes, hello. I I'm happy to greet everyone at this roundtable, and indeed, I'm so happy to see experts, professionals who have joined such a great joint discussion at such a topic which is so important for everyone and for society as a whole. 
Yes, indeed, I was watching the conference and many times already, and it was shocking for me. It was uh, amazing information for me, but when uh, there was such a large-scale research and experts from many fields combined the facts and data from various, well, various crises, economic, environmental, climate crisis, and everything that relates to what artificial intelligence will bring to us in the consumer societies, this was just shocking. You know, uh, as long as we are talking here, as long as we are having this round table right now, and I'm talking, I'm saying these words, in our world, people are dying, children are dying because they lack water, because they don't have enough food, they have climate disasters, people are be became become homeless, forests are destroyed, it is happening right now. When I'm saying these words, people are dying from infectious diseases due to anti-sanitary conditions, people lose everything and they have to become refugees and migrants. This is actually, actually what is happening and these are millions of people over the last several years. It was such a shock information for me. And you know, there are two types of lies. One lie is a blunt lie, when blunt lie when you just distort facts, but the other lie is when people keep silent. And actually, what caused the greater despair in, in me is the experts and professionals who do know the truth, but they are silent or they distort the facts on purpose. As a result, society does not know what is happening. And I would like to call all scientists, all professionals who deal with research in this field to say the truth, not to be silent, not to conceal these facts which we have to know, because nowadays we are at the stage of actually negation of the problem. We physicians know that until a problem is uh, denied, we cannot cope with this. We are at the stage when we have to know everything in detail and work out the strategy of how for our humanity and society to survive. But we are at the stage of negation, doubt, and this conference actually gave us an impetus. It, pro uh, it makes a, an opportunity to come out of this killing mortal dream of sleep, the time of doubts and uh, denial, because the tremendous amount of facts which were given at the conference, actually it reveals, it opens your eyes to what is happening, and we can set a diagnosis, we can understand what is happening, and moreover, we already know what we need to do in order to resolve all these issues and to get out of this crisis. Of course, this is refusal, rejection of the consumerist format of relationships between people and transfer to the creative format of uh, relationships. It's combination of oral potential and knowledge and experience in order, in order to resolve this problem, which is tremendous. We have faced such a tremendous problem, which we never faced before, and every Every person is needed to cope with it. We don't have time. We have to act right now and to unite. And what inspires me a lot is that great number of experts, scientists, public figures, who and people who you know already support this, already conduct research, and they are not afraid of speaking. 
they already are boldly speaking about it and jointly find a solution. This is very inspiring because, you know, my greatest awareness is silence when you know the truth is not that, you know, like my personal business or some other person's business, but it's actually a crime, a direct crime against humanity. Because if we know what is happening and if we know what can be a solution, we are obliged to talk about this. And actually, every day, every moment, when we are not saying it, this, we are say, uh, wasting this time in vain. These are vain days, because our task today is to share this information through all sources that are available. We have to, we don't have to invent any other new methods, but we have to find other ways how to spread this information. And we have to unite and act, because we need to actively do something and create conditions for survival of all people. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tatiana. I absolutely agree with you that we need to unite in order to find the solution to all these crucial problems that we have in our society today. And that's, I really like a comparison with a disease that we cannot deny it. We're in order to get well, we need to admit that we have this problem and find together the solution. Thank you very much for mentioning it today. And I would like to ask the same question to Dr. Abdullah. Could you please share with us your opinion about the conference and first of all about this crucial... Actually, I don't uh, have uh, much to add after, after Dr. Tatiana, but I think that uh, we need a lot of uh, information exchange and skills training. Um, I think that uh, here in, we are here in Africa, North Africa, uh, in Egypt, and uh, maybe in other places in Africa. Um, we have uh, uh, a lot of crisis, and we um, uh, the issue or the age of modernity. I think that modernity for us means making people dependent. They lost uh, their traditional life uh, in tribes, in uh, nature, and they didn't um, gain actually uh, what's called the modern life or the modern state. Or the So we are just in, in the middle. Uh, we lost the traditional skills, we lost the traditional uh, communication, we lost the traditional uh, textile networks, and we didn't have new networks. So I think uh, we uh, need a lot of networking uh, with um, uh, our uh, neighbors, with our with, with people all over the world, uh, experience exchange, information exchange, um, cooperation, actually, we need a, a lot of that because I think that it's not only uh, to know, uh, I think knowledge now uh, and the information uh, is available uh, through internet or through media, but again, people uh, feel dependent, uh, people feel disabled, they feel that 
they 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 do nothing but watch uh, what's going on floods or uh, uh, water war or things like that uh, where uh, they, their uh, skills uh, are in the minimum or uh, lost uh, as i said they lost the traditional skills and they didn't get uh, a new one so they are stuck just stuck so even if they know they could do nothing so i uh, actually uh, it's uh, very important to uh, raise um, just uh, um, just a, an idea or initiative uh, together we could make a difference we couldn't make a difference only in south we uh, we we have to cooperate all over the world to create uh, another world actual another world uh, possible uh, that's it maybe we we need some wisdom from the traditional ages with some uh, technical uh, advices or some modern skills i don't know but we have to look for a formula that could uh, make it together just to move to a better life uh, better than what we already live thank you thank you very much dr abdallah we'd like to ask the same question to uh, ms joshi what are your impressions after watching the conference how do you relate to the urgency of these topics namaste actually ipcc intergovernmental panel on climate change uh, today released the ar6 titled uh, climate change 2021 the physical science basis and it also give a warning to our generation that it will be uh, the situation is very 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 it's it's uh, it gave the red alert to all of us but uh, i'm happy that i'm uh, becoming a part of this uh, important initiative uh, because this kind of uh, initiatives are useful to spread information among different groups and uh, this is helpful for people who are working in the different countries in the different sectors and active in different uh, different subjects so but they are all are working for global changes they all are working to co combat global issues like climate change so there are lots of issues going on around us and we mostly get engaged in them without thinking broadly so this kind of initiative the global crisis round table uh, actually give us a new uh, set of uh, objectives to uh, to think and, and as a group we need to raise our voice for the climate change issue too so this is a global movement and people from every sector from every country and they will be inspiration for each other so in my view this conferences are starting point to raise collective voice and we are miles to go together and with one aim to combat global issues like climate change so to save our planet to save mother earth in my home country india we have a sanskrit phrase 
founding Mahaupanishad, Vasudeva Kutumb Keva. Vasudha means earth and Kutumbam means family. So the meaning of the Sanskrit phrase is the world is one family. So as a one family, we need to find ways to save uh, together, to save our family members, to help our family members, and to find ways to save our mother earth. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much, Ms. Joshi. And I really like that you said that we need to really work together in order to find the solution because we created that problem together. And that's already super clear, especially after that conference, that one country cannot cope with that problem that we have right now with the ecology, with the climate especially. So if we as a humanity would like to survive, we really need to find a way how we can unite around this idea about the idea to build the new format of relationship, creative society in which human life will go first. And that will help us a lot. Thank you so much. And I would like to pass the floor and ask the same question. Dr. Rechad Abdul, could you please share with us your understanding about importance of this conference? To everyone. Um, what I would like to share is that I have seen the, uh, the video and the materials that you have graciously sent to me. And all of the subjects you have dealt with are extremely pertinent and are the basis of very serious and interesting discussions. I would like to say just a few words, a very brief intervention about what I feel is the, a global crisis within a global crisis. I am working for the last year and a half on the issue of falsified medicines and health products. And this has become particularly acute in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, to the point that now we have seen in two or three countries around the world, the emergence of fake COVID-19 vaccines. What I would like to say is, we have seen, instead of the global solidarity, which we yearn for, we have seen a situation where more advanced countries with more resources have uh, basically bought vaccines for their populations, and they should have, as they have to do, rightfully so. But at the same time, we have seen cases of the holding of vaccines to the point that less fortunate or less developed countries up to now have not had access to these life-saving vaccines. And therefore, we have seen the reluctance of some rich countries even to give their extra COVID-19 vaccines to developing countries, forgetting that they are not safe unless everybody is safe. And therefore, what we would like to, to, to mention is that we have seen the, the use of fake vaccine, fake medicines rather, you know, in Africa mostly. And, uh, but with this life-threatening situation where 
simply people are not showing the solidarity that they should in order to save the planet and humanity. We have seen over the last two weeks in TV of the wildfires in California, of the floods in Europe, of the devastation that these phenomena, what, what we used to call the natural phenomena, but they are no, no longer natural phenomena. They are man-made phenomena to, to a large extent. And how this is, we have seen the floods on the refugees in, from Myanmar moving into Bangladesh, for example. And while we are horrified by the images we see on television, at the same time, we are not showing enough solidarity. And therefore, as we get more and more sophisticated in science, at the same time, we tend to forget the basics of humanity. That what will be all the artificial intelligence usefulness if we forget and we lose our basic humanities, humanity rather, for solidarity, for compassion, and for the, for the wellness of others but ourselves. I would like simply to say, therefore, that as we face this global pandemic, you know, I live in Kenya, I live in Africa, and I have been monitoring, following the situation in many countries around me. And I can tell you, when I talk to members of, of my network in several African countries, Many of my colleagues are losing family members. We have lost even close friends. And the situation is catastrophic. Some countries are, seeing, are doing better, but we are seeing variations in the strain of the virus as well. And therefore, my bottom line is, unless we can harness the powers of intelligence, of, of, of artificial intelligence, unless we can harness the power of science, unless we can produce, as India is doing, more and more production of vaccines, unless we can show, therefore, solidarity, we shall lose our humanity and we shall lose ourselves in it. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, Dr. Abdul, for your insights. Indeed, this is one of the key messages of the conference that we all people have to unite and that no one is immune in face of the natural catastrophes that are about to unleash on an unprecedented scale. This has nothing to do with social status, religion, country, political views. This already affects everyone and it will affect everyone as we have just seen on the conference. I would like to pass the floor now to Dr. Al-Zahra. And uh, I would like to ask you, how do you relate to the conference, to the topics of the conference? How do you relate to the topic of climate change and on the impending refugee crisis that you are about to face? Chenko, the question is the following. Uh, we raised the topic of the development of artificial intelligence at the conference. We voice the threats that artificial intelligence pose to humanity, to every human being, as we're about to face actually mass unemployment, as harsh as it may sound. What do you think is the impact on people's lives 
What do you see the development on the developments of artificial intelligence in psychology as an expert? Please share with us how does artificial intelligence impact your profession and your daily work in the field of psychology? Artificial intelligence has penetrated all spheres of our life. It is actively involved in general healthcare and it is one of the most fastly developing fields. On the slide, you can see the most priority subject, research subjects in publications. Artificial intelligence is used in general healthcare and lately it is also actively introduced and tested in the field of psychic and mental health. One of the most trustworthy indicators of the large scale of use of uh, artificial intelligence in psychiatric and psychological scientists is relevant research because every research is nothing else but testing of the technology. Lately, last during the recent years, according to different sources, over the last five years, we see the exponential growth of mental health research based on deep learning and machine learning and uh, highly precise neural networks with the highly precise uh, user net, uh, content in the internet because uh, content, internet content is the source of information. Now I'll give the bibliometric data of the study of this year where the trends in artificial intelligence is started. For example, machine learning for mental health in social media. 560 articles have been analyzed, published since uh, two, uh, 2016 and July 2020. Please pay attention to the scope, scale of this overview over the last five years, the number of publications has demonstrated incessant growth, almost a five times increase over five years, and there are hundred times more citations in various articles. The next uh, overview showed how artificial intelligence is used for prevention of suicidal behavior and depressions. In the graph, we see the same exponential growth of studies of artificial intelligence use over the last several years in this field. And what can we see here if we look at this trend uh, compared to the general situation in healthcare, how studies have increased because they have attention and funding, and up to this uh, local uh, narrow topic of depressions and suicidal behavior, we have like just identical exponential increase of studies in this field. According to the generalized data of research overviews as input data for various AI algorithms, experts used electronic medical records with brain testing indicators from EEG, MRI, records of somatic diseases, sociodemographic data such as gender, age, country residence, family status, education in occupation and so on, text and voice messages, photos and videos from social media and messengers, search activity, user-generated content, all kinds of activities and behavior via the internet and phones. 
Artificial intelligence algorithms collect and analyze even slightest nuances of a person's verbal and nonverbal behavior up to changes in the voice strengths, timbre, and modulation of one's voice, speed of speech, mime, gesticulation eye movement and gestation. Not to mention, you see, everything is tested, not to mention whom we communicate with, how and on what subjects, what we write and what information we pay more attention to. So basically about the contact as well. Artificial intelligence takes into account hundreds of biomarkers. No psychologist or psychiatrist is capable of that. Based on the analysis of these data, AI draws conclusions on the present of symptoms of various mental disorders and dependencies on a person's emotional state, mood, thought, behavioral disorders, intentions, desires, as also, and also the degree of his or her aggression. If we look at the subjects and results of studies, we can see that AI is successfully applied for diagnosis, identification of severity, and prediction of the possible risk of depression, suicidal thoughts and behavior, generalized anxiety, to disorder, insomnia, stress levels, psychosis, and all kinds of addictions. Moreover, it does it with the accuracy of 73 to 98 percent. AI is also actively used for diagnosing and predicting the development of cognitive disorders, starting from the attention deficit syndrome, vocal development delay, mental retardation, up to autism and neurodegenerative diseases. Already now, AI gives recommendations on medicamental treatment, preventive treatment, and prescription of psychotropic drugs with due regard for all individual particularities and diseases. 10,000 diagnostic and therapeutic applications have been already developed. Virtual psychotherapeutic applications supported with AI are currently developing at a rapid pace. For example, therapeutic applications such as TESS and other chatbots, Sarah, Visa, Voyabot, Talkspace, which work with text messages. They are applied to decrease anxiety and depression symptoms. In the Avatar project, applications have been developed to eliminate permanent auditory hallucinations in psychotic patients. Usually those are computer images of faces on monitors of computers or tablets, which interact with the patients by means of intellectual algorithms. Avatar coaches also use as a part of immersive virtual reality to treat the fear of heights. Intelligent robots looking like animals such as Para, the Greenland seal, are furthermore often used to help patients with dementia. AI robots are successfully applied to interact with autistic children to improve their social and speaking skills. So, even at the current stage of development by its functions and efficiency, artificial intelligence can even take a great great range of professional tasks of a psychiatrist and a clinical psychologist, and in the future can it can totally replace them. But will this lead to an improvement in this field of mental health? In consumerist society, no. AI is not artificial consciousness. It works based on precise algorithms and the database which is embedded in it. Unfortunately, in psychiatry, there are no very few reliable and accurate algorithms. Our diagnostic classifications represent 
present agreements on how to calculate and by what means. We are far from understanding the true causes and mechanisms of development of mental disorders, while medicamental treatment is rarely effective. In order to get convinced of this, suffices to pay attention to the dynamics of the growth of mental disorders and addictions over the last decades across the world. And this takes place despite continuous creation and introduction of new psychotropic drugs. We are confused on the concepts of what human consciousness and personality are, what is the nature of thoughts, emotions and desires. In consumer society, a materialistic paradigm is defended, while any attempts to review basic ideas of how our inner world is arranged are being blocked or ignored. So, AI introduction will merely cause total control and sophisticated manipulation over people under the guise of care for health and well-being by means of collecting data on every person's individual profile. Moreover, it will ensure profit increase in the psychopharmaceutical industry, control, influence, profits, and nothing more. In the creative society, on the contrary, technology development will release the research and creative potential of doctors from diagnostic and documental routine. Being free in their scientific studies, they will be able to study subtle mechanisms of psyche, the work of consciousness, to understand the nature of consciousness and thoughts, and to understand the nature of personality. They will be able to figure out the causes and mechanisms of mental disorders, and thus to find efficient treatment methods. True effective psychotherapy is based on unique human potential, the knowledge of our duality and opportunity opportunity to observe and direct the work of our consciousness with our attention. This does not possess either by artificial intelligence or by artificial consciousness, as we found out during the expertise of the artificial consciousness. For this, doctors will have time and opportunities. And the main thing is that in the creative society, all prerequisites and preconditions for the development of mental disorders will gradually disappear. So, of course, we can use artificial intelligence for the benefit of humanity. And basically, we can eliminate the problem of mental disorders. But this is possible only in the creative society. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you very much, Tatiana, for this incredible insight. Indeed, we are somehow set to believe that artificial intelligence is only impacting the industry, logistics area, it's about robots, automation, but somehow they cannot replace people, even because we talk about arts and psychology, and this is what only people can do. And we see how artificial intelligence is already infiltrating all spheres of our lives. And thank you very much, Tatiana, for this wonderful insights and for stressing how important the creative society is and to have a real understanding of what a psychologist should do and how he should work and indeed treat the patient and be free of any other material interest as it happens today in many, many cases, unfortunately. We'd like to pass the floor now to Dr. Al-Zahra. Al We're very happy that you're able now to be with us at the internet connection is stable. So we'd like to catch up and ask you the same questions as our other speakers. How do you relate to the topics of the conference? How do you resonate with them? And how important is it to voice the truth and speak about these subjects? Dr. Al-Zahra, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. 
I'm very pleased. Yes, the topics are very important and, and very diverse that they collect many scientists uh, uh, over. Um, maybe it's widened the scope of mental illness. Uh, uh, you can talk about, you did talk about refugees and uh, other people uh, that are in crisis. Uh, the pandemic may be the scope of us. The uh, mental illness is my scope, but uh, other topics are not, but they are related to us. And so uh, we are faced with people coming from the, the uh, uh, out, outcome of all these crises, economic crises, financial uh, problems. Uh, they, they join every, everything, every problem to the mental uh, health services because people want stressed when they cannot uh, take their decision, uh, when they cannot manage uh, their problems, when they are struggled with contradictory uh, forces or ideas or beliefs or they are forced to do something out of their control. Losing control is very, very stressful uh, condition that, uh, or uh, like a refugee. They cannot do anything. Uh, the, disaster, the disasters that are uh, natural disasters, they are out of our control. But when people do that uh, by maybe spreading uh, viruses, stressing on others, violence, uh, wars, they are very, very stressful to people that they cannot manage. This lead to uh, mental illness because with this, uh, through this pandemic or many things in Syrian and uh, Sudanese, uh, people when they migrate from uh, their countries, and maybe I'm not uh, uh, one of the team of crisis intervention, but, they, but this, uh, this uh, system, I believe, uh, it's happened to... Uh, uh, to be settled in Egypt uh, through the last uh, year or half, one and a half year in the pandemic of COVID, but we made we we face those people and struggle uh, in our clinics in the in our uh, hospitals. Uh, team construction and uh, hotlines were made to uh, face this uh, suicide, uh, just like. What Tatiana uh, told us uh, now, uh, suicide increases, uh, mental illness increases in crisis. Uh, maybe twice, maybe three times more uh, than the normal, the normal uh, uh, life or the usual life that people can live in. And so managing management of crises that are uh, faced with all people in different ways all over the world is very, very uh, hot topic. Uh, and I thank you to uh, start and create this society to talk about this because um, it is not faced with uh, uh, so much uh, sincere uh, precautions or maybe guidelines were put in psychiatry to face uh, that. And uh, we try to uh, be more advanced in, 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 and creative uh, in Egypt, uh, we made many efforts at many and many levels, and uh, we were meet we met, uh, every day uh, in the pandemic crisis. We have a support team that goes in every crisis 
uh, trains, uh, floods. Uh, maybe we have no enough teams, but we are working and, uh, and going to different levels uh, to manage crisis. Because uh, we face uh, 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 that we are facing a low number, or no, not big, there is no big number of psychiatrists, social workers that are trained to uh, about uh, to train to help people in crisis. But we are trying to do that. Maybe uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic uh, make it easy to make uh, more groups uh, and. Uh, to uh, encourage people and motivate them to go through and help other people in different ways uh, through, uh, through, through different levels, uh, from the lay people uh, to the very expertise uh, and different level of help and support uh, happened at that time, even on the national level. Uh, many groups, uh, uh, meditation, maybe psychotherapy, maybe supportive therapy, they all help, they all gather together to pass this. And maybe this happened because of the pandemic, but what about the daily uh, crisis, the catastrophes that happened all over the world? What about them? Where are we? You, this uh, isn't this. You didn't... Uh, in your uh, conference uh, last month, you didn't see the the pandemic that will last just one one year or two years. You widen the scope. You see before uh, other people can predict. You want to show the people that crises are happened every day. Uh, we have to manage every day people that are in crisis. Really, we cannot see them because they are. Uh, uh, they are not large number. This is not a pandemic. They are not uh, uh, advertised by advertisements. They are not tackled by media. And so uh, uh, scientists who are feeling really that humanity is the, the first thing that we can think about, uh, not politics, not uh, just media, they are seeing beyond the scope. They predict what will happen. From the start, they can predict the bad effects or the uh, side effects of technology, the side effects of uh, uh, computers, uh, video games. Maybe everything, uh, like a weapon, has two sides. Uh, the creative society will describe the difference between having the good side or benefit from the good side uh, of something uh, new or something that's very advanced and make a stress on the hazards or the side effects uh, on the other side uh, of the weapon that's sharp, that can kill other people or make them uh, uh, lose their jobs, lose their lives, uh, going into suicide. This is the scope of science and the humanity as well. Maybe science have no soul have no emotions, but humanity that we face in a larger group and creative society uh, see beyond the, uh, the advancement and the creation per se, or the uh, uh, being happy by success or doing something. No. Maybe some people manipulate the, uh, the, the new techniques and they, their, their target 
is uh, is having money is going to be to be celebrated to be famous and that but uh, here in our uh, group uh, so we're proud of that and i'm proud to be with you that you see the other side the humanity is the is the uh, core of our life uh, taking care of others is the core of our life not being individualized or being manipulating others uh, because i want to uh, to take the benefits for myself this is very important and so i'm happy and uh, i'm willing to share this experience some people see that they uh, uh, give a lot of money to make a research and so he should have a result and good result and make a success no here in creative society no we want to see the right thing and make the and the correct thing and we collect each other to know the uh, the other sides of the truth the big window uh, we see uh, we uh, make a wider scope to see everything from everyone uh, from a- every place in the world uh, i like the uh, experience uh, uh, in egypt uh, maybe we have uh, a warm uh, relationship uh, we are protective in our societies Uh, and we uh, still have the family and the post concept of uh, when you love uh, the other uh, then you will be uh, more uh, a good person this is very uh, curious in educating uh, young children uh, maybe the new generation uh, they are not seeing that because of the globalization but still uh, still families and still our societies are protective and uh, seeing the good things we try to encourage that in, uh, in mental health because our core target is to make people that are struggled with the the, the face that they fa- they find in the world in the real world we want to restart their emotions and uh, make them believe in good things make them believe that they are supported make them believe that uh, Uh, other people support them in the good things and they can understand them and they can help them in time of crisis and so this this is uh, a target in uh, in uh, helping people in mental health we are going uh, to make many tools and maybe by drugs because this is important but drugs are not uh, enough we should we should give we should give psychotherapy supportive therapy crisis intervention uh, support is very important uh, how uh, we are not machines to take a drug like each other or working on an algorithm no there is individualization we should see everything that make the the this happened depression is not just a depression it's a many types of depression precipitating factors can differ uh, maybe someone some people faced with the same crisis or a disaster but everyone take it from a different or af- affected by it in a di- in, in a different way maybe someone got anxious someone got schizophrenic someone get uh, addicted something something uh, someone withdrawn and so uh, uh, we should see him as a human we should see what's the background how could i uh, how could i help this particular patient particular person to help them how could i predict that the, this crisis will make as a hazards 
in the economic level, in the uh, mental level, in the societal level, in the moral level, uh, science should predict that this will happen and prevent them and make policies like we are sitting now to make policies to prevent what we see beyond the day uh, we are in and uh, to prevent hazards from happening. And so I thank very much the uh, very advanced uh, uh, creative thoughts and ideas and researches that we are, uh, uh, we are now hearing from you. Thank you very much. We thank you very much, Dr. Al-Zahra, for your very interesting speech. And indeed, I can only confirm that in the eight foundations of the creative society, the fundamental unit of our society is the human being. And we have to focus all our attention, our time, our resources to improve the life of the human being. As you just put it so nicely, we're not machines, we're not animals, we're human beings. And we have this capability to love, to give, to share, to improve to create, and this is why I call it a creative society, where we all people create together, and we have this focus in our mind that we put human life first. Thank you very much. And unfortunately, we see exactly the contrast today that the society, based on profit, consumption, greed, yes, and this endless thirst for power has led us to, to a deadlock. We're leaving a planet that is almost dead to our descendants. We, we destroyed the environment. And now I'd like to pass the word to Ms. Joshi from India. Ms. Joshi from India is an active person who is aware of what is happening today in the world, and she started taking action. Can you tell us, Ms. Joshi, please, you're, you're working with young people and educating about environmental issues. How important is it for people to be aware of the current environmental situation on the planet? How dangerous is it for a human being to live in this polluted environment, in this damaged, destroyed environment? Isura, I can mention that, uh, I think my uh, fellow speakers also mentioned that we all faced worse situation due to pandemic and somehow did not able to work for other important issues like air pollution, climate change, and eco uh, degradation. So uh, the role of youth in this climate crisis or role of youth in environmental issue is quite remarkable. As I mentioned earlier, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, released its sixth assessment report, uh, AR6, titled Climate Change 2021, the Physical Science Basis. Uh, which has predicted that India will suffer more frequent and intense heat waves as well as increased precipitation in the remaining decades of the 21st century. Actually, as we all know, that climate change has affected every region on the planet and report found that over the next 20 years, global temperature is expected to reach or exceed by 1.5 degrees centigrade of warming. So when we indicate word youth, when we speak word youth, we feel energetic, we feel hope, and we feel power too. So according to UN definition, youth means persons between ages of 15 and 24 years. Apart from statistical definition, the meaning of term youth varies in different society around the world. I like to share my experience of working with the uh, young people 
so uh, we already knew that 90% of world's young people are living in developing countries and this developing countries are having important environmental concerns and responsibilities too there are intergenerational responsibility also so young generation uh, developed a new form of activism and brought new energies and perspective to the environmental matters especially on climate change issue uh, so i like to share my experience because youth have the capacity to identify and they can challenge the existing power structures and barriers for change so i am from the land of mahatma representing the region where mahatma gandhi was born and where he started the struggle uh, uh, of injustice struggle against injustice he said be the change you want to see in the world this line looks very simple but very hard to implement so i am connected with a youth group named green catalyst which is an initiative to nurture and empower the youth to spread environmental awareness among citizens and initiate actions which will improve the environment uh, in the region so green catalyst is a leadership program that focuses on sustainability objective of our program is to prepare change agents change agents who will spread awareness and sensitize other youth and communities under this program students are selected from different institute different discipline and trained extensively on various environmental issues through different methods so youth uh, they understand the complexity of current environmental issues they are also given hands on learning by a field visit for specific environmental issue to sensitize them about the uh, problem so during the pandemic era uh, we started uh, capacity building virtual capacity building programs and i like to mention one more thing that when we say change we need to listen about resistance we need to look at difficulties we need to understand injustice and today's youth is aware about climate just injustice also they not just believe in the go green and sustainability agenda but they like to think about need versus want scenario they are they are aware about the need to change lifestyle especially our consumption patterns they are aware that we need to implement the reduce reuse and recycle philosophy in day to day life so uh, youth participation in practical environmental project is an important way to empower them and we uh, we are doing that uh, thing also uh, so uh, initiatives like municipal solid waste management projects citizen science projects informing information dissemination through this different media about environmental rights and responsibilities this uh, activities uh, actually are helpful for youth so on other hand uh, environmental political education is also important because uh, after all we are uh, we need to uh, influence political leadership political activism that directed and at the organizations or corporation so uh, that is also uh, necessary they that is also a learning experience for uh, for the youth and uh, i also want to mention that environmental education or climate literacy 
is the core part of uh, our uh, initiative because education is just not edu cation for us it is enlightened entitlement dedication understanding caring ability togetherness involvement organization and nurturing so i think today's youth have the capacity to identify and they can challenge the existing situation they have a power to change the situation so this is very much important for the climate change issue as we all are aware that negotiation process the cop 26 is coming near and countries will need to decide about urgent actions so uh, i like to end my uh, speech by saying that youth is backbone of our society and able to take challenge we need to trust them and we need to empower them thank you We thank you very much, Ms. Joshi, for you for your very interesting experience. That is indeed a motivation, and uh, a lot of people have to follow this path. And as you stress on very importantly, as Mahatma Gandhi said, "Be the change you want to see in the world. Change has to start with us." It's high time we start taking responsibility for our own actions and stop pushing responsibility to somebody else. Might be politicians, governments, and waiting for them to improve our lives. No. it's upon us and this is a fundamental concept of the creative society that only we the people we can implement the creative society only we united it's not a task of governments it's not the task of politicians or only scientists or economists to fix the problems we everybody have to wish that we fix these problems and we live in the society that we deserve and is our only way out in the face of the climatic apocalypse that is upon us so we have this strong need to raise awareness on these issues and at a conference there was another very important subject climate refugees we already touched upon this today and we have seen at the conference that the climate refugees are indeed an issue today and that human beings can live in such miserable conditions to be honest which are actually inhumane i have to repeat we're not animals we're not robots this is the real picture that some people live in today and i would like to watch together with all of you an excerpt from the conference dealing with the topic of climate refugees please show the video Have you ever thought that there might be circumstances when you will suddenly have to leave your home, your apartment or your town? Leave forever. And the reason for this would be neither traveling nor vacation or a planned moving, but the necessity to survive. Refugee You have probably heard this word from the news. But have you ever thought that sooner or later you may become a refugee yourself? After all, climate disasters know no borders, social statuses, or schedules. 
In 2020 alone, 82.4 million people were forced to leave their homes. This is equal to the population of such countries as Germany or Turkey. This is more than the population of Great Britain or France. Refugees are people who are fleeing a deadly threat. But today, there is no place for them to run to. Their lives are exposed to danger and risk wherever they get to. Among them, there are millions of people, climate refugees who have no protection of the law. Neither the Refugee Convention nor the international law oblige countries to accept climate refugees. On January 21, 2020, the UN Human Rights Committee ruled that countries cannot send people back to their home country who have faced climate changes. It ruled, but actually rejected the world's first complaint filed by Loan Tessiota against New Zealand, which violated his right to life by being deported to his home country of Kabasi. After the deportation of Loan's family, one of his children suffered from a serious case of blood poisoning. Climate refugees are one of the most disenfranchised categories of people. The laws of many countries provide for penalties regarding inhumane treatment of animals. But they give absolutely no protection to the people who miraculously survived a natural disaster and ended up on the street without means of sustenance. Every day, one child dies among migrants or refugees. Mark Lowcock said, I'm getting daily reports of babies and other young children dying in the cold. Imagine the grief of a parent who escaped a war zone with their child only to watch that child freeze to death. We build shelters for homeless animals, but we refuse to help people in need. Not only do we refuse to help these people, all kinds of violence against refugees are permitted. Many countries began a containment policy, trying to prevent refugees from entering their territories at all costs. According to the UN, thousands of people were pushed back by the border control authorities in Europe using violent measures the pandemic worsened the situation for refugees. According to official information, tightening of border crossings did not let hundreds of thousands of people leave zones of armed conflicts, economic crisis, and environmental disasters. Meanwhile, the number of business trips abroad remained practically at the same level. Since 2015, border violence has become more sophisticated. Moreover, since 2020, the number of tortures has increased compared to the previous year. A special report prepared by Border Violence Monitoring Network on tortures in 2020, analysis data from 286 testimonies of violent pushbacks, prolonged beating, 
for up to six hours at a time. Police dogs being released and encouraged to attack. Forced undressing. The burning and destruction of clothes and forcing people on the move to cross borders in a complete state of undress. Groups of up to 80 men, women and children were forced to undress completely and placed inside the detention room. Severe beating and throwing victims into water resulting in their disappearance. Here are just a couple of quotes from the victims. They even fired shots close to our ears for the purpose of intimidating us. They didn't ask us anything, just started the beating. We had mayonnaise and ketchup in our bags, which they rubbed on our wounds. In December 2020, the Black Book of Pushbacks was published. A 1,500-page book documents the horrific violence suffered by over 12,000 people at the hands of authorities on the external borders of civilized European countries. Oxfam International published a similar report in 2018. Police detained children as young as 12 in cells without water or food and removed SIM cards from their mobile phones. Changing their birth date on statements, illegitimately pushing them back across the border, cutting the soles off their shoes so they wouldn't try to come back. There is clear evidence of an increased sexual and gender-based violence against women and girls both during and after disasters. Multiple cases of sexual abuse of children have been documented. Elderly people are also at increased risk of violence, exploitation, and abuse. In our society, a person loses their property, their place of residence, loses the right to protection and life. Refugee camps have appalling conditions. Fabrizio Carboni, near and Middle East Regional Director of the International Committee of the Red Cross, says about the refugee camps. Tents plagued by rats, water sources contaminated by feces, and inhabitants suffering from tuberculosis, scabies, and post-traumatic stress. Hundreds of children, mostly boys, some as young as 12, are detained in adult prisons places they simply do not belong. These are the realities of our consumer society we live in. Considering the trend of escalating climate disasters, are you sure disasters won't come to your home tomorrow? Are you prepared to be in those people's shoes? Or shall we change things together? Nobody values human life in a consumer society. But in the creative society, human life is of the highest value. Yes.
we have seen the realities now and it can happen to every one of us because the climatic catastrophe we see outside of our windows are cyclical and they recur every 12,000 years and we are so lucky we live exactly in this period of time and their further intensification is inevitable today millions of people already become the refugees and have to migrate and what will happen tomorrow to us because thanks to um scientists from various countries who spoke openly at the conference about the true cause of global climate change we know exactly that very 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 soon billions of people will have to migrate and again are you ready for that situation and we all think that everyone has right to know this information about the real causes and magnitude of the ongoing climate catastrophes. So, and I understand that's our responsibility to share this information with people from around the world, that they know true situation. Indeed, Marina, this is a very good question. How does our future look like? considering the circumstances that are developing now in the climate. And what happens if we become all climate refugees? Nobody can spare us from this. It's not, as I said, about uh, gender, uh, religion, political views, social status, and so on. We have just seen in Germany some weeks ago horrific floods. And I heard from people from other continents that honestly said we would have never imagined that this could have happened in Germany. Oh, yes, it can. It can happen in Germany, in Japan, in the United States, in Sweden, in all developed and all developing countries. In all countries, it can happen. And therefore, we have to be prepared for the topic of climate refugees. And this is why I would like to pass the floor to Dr. Abdul. Dr. Abdul is an expert on refugees and will share with us very interesting insights on what are the conditions of refugees. What drives the people to migrate? And how do we end up? What are the real conditions? Dr. Abdul, the floor is yours. Thank you. I would like to clarify that I am not an expert on refugees, but I can bring my insights from other fields of my work to draw some inferences. Number one, it is the right of everyone to access the correct information is the right to access the right information and the correct information in the all walks of life. Number two, I would like to draw an analogy of what we have seen in the HIV response over the, la over the last three decades in terms of how communities transformed and shaped their lives by taking ownership for the response. And I would like to believe that in our case today, as we face those global crises, I would like to think that communities can, can again take ownership of their future and change and transform their lives for the positive uh, impact. And finally, I would like simply to state that the right to, to health and the right to life is for everyone, whether you are sitting in London or you are living in Bujumbura, that everybody 
in spite of their social or economic conditions, in spite of their lack of access to, to resources, have actually a right to live and live well. With this, I would like to thank the organizers of this meeting. And very much so, my thanks go to Tatiana, who has, I don't know where she drives, he draws her energy from, as well as the team. But thank you very much indeed, Tatiana, and the team you have around you. You have done a marvelous job. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much, Dr. Abdul. Mm -hmm. I uh, absolutely agree with you that people have right to receive truthful and timely information about all spheres of life. And uh, we definitely need to understand that that will be possible only if we will change the format to the format where the human life will stay on the first place and not the profit or anything else but human life. In this case, in this format, we will know everything that we need to know in order to save ourselves and our families. And uh, I would like to ask the question, uh, Dr. Al-Zahra. So we saw what kind of difficulties, physical difficulties, moral difficulties, um, have to face the refugees. Could you please um, tell us um, from the psychological perspective, uh, what kind of uh, strain-faced people who have become refugees? Oh, yes, thank you. Uh, this is a very important question because minorities are not seen by everyone. Uh, minorities are beyond the scope of, uh, of the, uh, the marvelous and the uh, very shiny and the stars that we are seeing every day uh, and everywhere. We all are uh, seeing what's above, what's shining. But those people who are uh, even maybe cannot talk, cannot show themselves, uh, they, they are so much faced with a strange situation. If you can imagine by yourself, how could you feel that your country is refusing you and the other country is very afraid and refusing you as well? This is very uh, difficult situation to every one of us. Maybe uh, we can uh, we can m imagine that the country is the mother or the uh, corp, something that we are in. Imagine that a child is uh, uh, seeing that his country is not loving them or is hurting them. His mother is hurting them. Uh, how could he feel? Very stressful situation. Very stressful situation. And the other one, that, that your mother left him in the street and, and someone, he, he goes to another home and the other home is very afraid of him to be a thief, to be something that will, will divide the air that they breathe, the, the, uh, the money. It's very, uh, a very hard situation. Uh, when we, we, we met something just like that, in, we, we make groups uh, to talk to these people uh, and many non-organizational groups, or uh, they uh, tackle this. If they forget the mental part or the emotional part, and they only 
uh, taking their minds how they are how could we make a home for them uh, give them money to live or make a job for them those things are very important i think like maslow's pyramid when he see the the needs of the of human being so start with uh, vegetative things or food and eating and then home but the safety is very important thing and those people so those people are going to be at the bottom of the pyramid of the psychology uh, if you know uh, if someone know the uh, the pyramid uh, of maslow maslow is one of the uh, maybe if someone don't know him briefly uh, maslow is one of the uh, scientists who, uh, in psychology that see that someone cannot create uh, uh, unless he passed to the basic needs basic needs and he made it as a pyramid uh, someone should have food should have to be saved in a home and then to create and to make something uh, on the top of the pyramid and so those people uh, are minorities they are not seen being watched being uh, felt by other people organizations the whole world is our uh, responsibility we scientists we see that we see those people in our clinics in our offices in our labs in our uh, what to say every yeah, not all people can see them this is very important to make a scope uh, on these people their problem may as you say or the film uh, now uh, we see in the film now that it might transform i may be one of them one day because disasters may be not refuse or war or something or uh, violence or just like that a part it may be a, a, a natural disaster and so crisis uh, might be like your title in this conference everyone uh, might face this and so if we are thinking logically we should find strategies to first to recognize the problem and to assess it and then to make uh, every effort to gather this information about those people uh, from different countries and then make a rabbit and don't think that this thing is very far no uh, time is going on and things become bigger like a snowball and something will be bigger and and we cannot control at that time maybe if you prevent something from from its beginning it will be better uh i faced with something in uh, the, the politics and the um, government sometimes didn't move may didn't hear the uh, voice of scientists the the scientists make alarm something something will happen something will happen there is a problem because the scientists uh, has a very deep view uh they didn't want to see the stars they want to see that and that they want to collect the truth they want to face the truth because this is this is the the the, the generous uh, human the generosity of the human being is to predict and resolve the problem and we and he cannot can do this but when we didn't see that we cannot uh, make an important problem many governments didn't move unless the disaster happened and so i think uh, this is an, a very important point uh, to make a pressure uh, from the scientists Uh, i make it a nice touch not a uh, violent or it uh, or a uh, something uh, uh, just to make a, 
contradictions in a violent way. No, the science uh, should be uh, very warm, very tender, and very clever and very intelligent to reach uh, and to show people that not uh, only this this small group that governs somewhere. Not I, I don't see I don't say it uh, to the whole uh, community or society. Maybe. Maybe it's in a town, in a governorate, in a special uh, needs uh, population or something just like that. But I mean the approach to make the change of the, uh, uh, and motivate the society or certain groups particularly to move towards the solving problems to those refugees is, is the, an important point, like collecting information, like making people see that. The approach to uh, solve the problem through different levels with a tender and nice way uh, is, a, is a very crucial because uh, you may uh, take the uh, take someone to be away from you if you don't if you don't approach him correctly or properly, and so every point and every table them uh, should be wisely and nicely put. And I think. Uh, uh, this is the protocol or the points or the steps that we should do in creative society. We collect information and, and we uh, uh, predict problems and how we could make people see in a nice way to uh, make them motivate to move towards solving their problems uh, freely and uh, friendly. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Al-Zahra, for these insights, stressing again upon the importance of humanity and this generous and good part of a human being and this willingness to solve issues, to solve problems. And I can only agree that indeed we have to use the time now. Time is very short and we still have a chance to improve things. Maybe in two years, in five years, it will be definitely too late for this. Um, we have many doctors with us today, medical doctors. Tatiana is one of them. And I think Tatiana would like to share a comment now. Tatiana, the floor is yours. Yes, thank you very much for giving me the floor. I would like to share such a piece of information which I heard on one of the international conferences from Dr. Richard. And probably he will add something to the information which I said, because it was shocking for me at that point. And of course, uh, I had a great understanding and, you know, had such an expansion of understanding after watching the conference of July 24. But what this information is about, Mr. Richard was dealing with uh, drug addiction for a long time. He was studying these issues and he saw how migrants, teenagers, when uh, female teenagers, when they came from uh, poor uh, places in Africa, in order to survive, they had to sell their bodies and they uh, they were exposed to, to sex or sexual abuse and they were kind, kind of stopped with drugs in order to just forget, just forget this nightmare in which they found themselves. So basically these are children between 10 and 16 years old. They had such poor conditions. That's what was discussed in the conference, that many teenagers actually are exposed to violence during 
migrations and when they become refugees. Also, the doctor told about trucks which crossed the deserts filled with um, migrants and there are many people among them who sold everything, who sold their property, their houses in order to survive and to move to the countries where there are more resources. But these people actually were born in, literally burning in the sun and half of them never reached their uh, target, their destination. I was shocked with that information because this is really what is happening to migrants and refugees and each of us, really each of us, I don't know, can be in, in the truck of such, in the cabin of such a truck or our children or our parents and each of us can suddenly, you know, become a participant of such a road, of such a nightmare road for the sake of survival, for which we will be, and which we will be just exposed to violence, non-acceptance, if we put ourselves in the shoes of the passengers of these trucks and of the, these girls, we will clearly understand how important to treat this situation in a proper way and how to act in such a that humanity, mutual assistance should be paramount and without the creative society, without changing the format, we will not be able to cope with this problem given that in the near future, you know, 10 million a year, 10 million climate refugees a year and in the near future we will see billions of them. How will we cope with them if we don't change our worldview, if we don't open our hearts and don't change the format of relationships? Probably Mr. Richard, Dr. Richard will also supplement what I said because these are such fragments of his presentation at the conference. I would really like him to add to this, I, I think that he has a lot of information on this, uh, uh, on this subject and personal indeed. experience. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, Tatiana. Let me illustrate what you have just said with a very concrete example. What I have seen almost a year and three quarter, a year, a year and 15 months ago. I was in Niger and one evening, I was taken for a walk in a particular street in Niger. And there were about, roughly speaking, about 200 or more young women, scantily dressed and awaiting for their clients. And what you would not believe is that they had to make a living, of course, while they were there, while waiting for their opportunity to go to Europe. But you would think that they will all, most of them will come from West Africa region, Ghana, Nigeria, Burkina Faso. But believe me, they came as far as Sudan, as Eritrea, Ethiopia, they were there. And they were housed in special camps for the East group and the West group. And as they, have to, they had to wait for this opportunity to go elsewhere, in Europe particularly, through the desert and then through the ocean, they had to make a living. And the only way that they could make this living was, number one, to sell their bodies. And number two, to sustain this activity over and over every single night 
they had to resort to drug use as well, especially amphetamines and amphetamine-type stimulants. So it was a dramatic scene, but which happened every night in that particular street where they agglutinate in order to make a living. So this is something I have seen. It's not the only place I have seen this. Sometimes in one particular airport in Eastern Africa, you would see 50, 60, 70 women from Eritrea making their way south towards Southern Africa by air. And they have the, all their documents. So we have to make the difference between trafficking of persons and smuggling of migrants. And these are economic refugees. They are trying to make a better lives for themselves. They send back money back to their families. We have a very good example of Nigeria, where in the, in the city, in the Benin city in Nigeria, it's a place which is well known for young women going to Europe, Italy and other places to engage in prostitution. Though they are not told at the, at the time they're leaving their country that this will be their fate, but this is the, what they aim to do, simply to make a living. So yes, you are entirely correct, Tatiana, and thank you for remind me, reminding me of this episode, which I have seen in Niger, therefore, almost a year and a half ago. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Abdul, for these insights. It is indeed very important to share such experience because many people just have a way too rosy view of the world they live in. As we have seen in the video with the climate refugees, we build home shelters and hotels for, for animals, which is indeed very nice. What about people? Don't we have to put human life first? Isn't human life the most valuable on this planet, doesn't it need to be protected and cherished and valued and respected of each human, of every single human on this planet. So we covered today key topics about climate change, about the environmental crisis that we are in, and about artificial intelligence as well, which is a big threat if we continue to have the current relationships between people based on profit, consumption, and power instead of the human life. So I would like to address this question to all our speakers today. Are we ready to unite? Are we ready to shake, to shake hands, all of us? Are we ready to dissolve these artificial borders that separate us? We talked today about physical borders, but... In the world of psychology, we have artificial borders, we have our thoughts, we have our prejudices, we have our pride, we have our stupidity as well. Are you re ready to unite all people to put this human life first? Are we ready now to take action to ensure the continuation of the human civilization on this planet, to protect all lives of the almost 8 billion people living on this planet? Are we ready for this? Do, do we want to change something? Are we ready to change it in this direction? I would pass the floor now to Ms. Joshi from India. Thank you for asking me about this important issue. Because scientists already told us that climate change is widespread, rapid and intensifying. And some trends are now irreversible. 
एटलीस्ट ड्यूरिंग द प्रेजेंट टाइम फ्रेम सो साइंस अनाउंस इन फॉर्म ऑफ लेटेस्ट रिपोर्ट द कोड रेड फॉर ह्यूमिनिटी कोड रेड फॉर ह्यूमन ड्रिवन ग्लोबल हीटिंग सो आई लाइक टू मैंशन दैट वी नीड टू आस्क क्वेश्चन टू अवर सेल्फ वाई एंड वी नीड टू फाइंड द आंसर विद इन अवर सेल्फ our focus is actually to unite for the united efforts we we can learn by doing we need to learn from real life experiences this is the platform where people from different background can come together and share network and uh, actually strong uh, strengthen their efforts share their point of view and this is the unique platform that that giving that is giving chance to people working with positive mindset people who are working for humanity for the care of the other people so people working with nature supporting mindset i can say they get a chance to come to one platform in uh, thanks to creative society and that will be helpful for larger group to understand the issue in broader way Thank you for inviting me to share my thoughts. Hoping to collaborate again with all of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. We uh, heard very, very crucial information today, and we understand that we cannot stay still and remain silent. We really need to spread this information. And how do you think, dear uh, speakers? how crucial is to say right now that without unification we that we will not be able to overcome this difficult situation that we will face we are facing right now already maybe dr abdul can start to answer this question thank you very much there are two ways to look at this as we there is there is no way that you can do away with reunification you need to get together to get stronger to unite your creative energy and your thinking and your actions but as we work towards that i think in spite of the covid-19 situation there is a lot we can do on a daily basis to make a small change whether it starts with ourselves or with our surrounding or our families and therefore this change is one on a personal individual small step basis that we can do each of one of us because community then community will become lot and number two then to look at this you know global design where we can all unite and provide something from our living experience or our expertise in and our time in order to make things better thank you thank you very much unification is such a easy word uh, but right now many of us simply don't understand the meaning of it and the meaning is just to get together and unite around this idea of creating a better world creating a future for us and for our kids uh, dr shahin could you please share with us how you understand the importance of your unification in front of this global crisis yes thank you uh, unification is the uh, main main target 
of our humanity because someone who is, who is isolated is, is not going to do something, will do little things. Uh, we have a, a, a writer, Al-Aqad uh, in Aswan, who born in Aswan here in my, my city, who said something. He said that one idea is used for many ideas, but if you make two mirrors in front of each other, how many pictures they can you see? And so he, he said that ideas is not me and two, they are two ideas, no. We are like mirrors. We can see many very, very unique ideas that will go on and go on when we both two meet. And so, what if we are from all the world? Different cultures, different uh, uh, climates, uh, different opinions, different uh, studies, and uh, uh, different emotions. And how, how, how could we do? We do very marvelous things that we do. Uh, I feel I feel that when I worked with uh, Tatiana and the uh, uh, artificial intelligence and consciousness, artificial consciousness, it was a yeah, very great opportunity uh, to make something that's very creative, very uh, something that is very new, uh, unexpected. We are all uh, have ex uh, experience in our uh, the field of psychiatry and psychology, but this idea was very innovative. Uh, uh, when we talk together, we, we have to, to talk about many ideas. The main target, that, that, the part that I love in this group, is the main idea. We are not talking about uh, abstract things. We are going into the global things. What will, what will make all of us better, not just one person or two, uh, one nation or two. This is very uh, curious. This is the very emotional and make, make people feel that we are in equity, we are respected. Uh, this is very important in the group. Every idea is very important. Maybe uh, uh, there is no uh, minorities in our groups. They are all important at the time they are ready. We will see many things uh, because we have many mirrors here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing this comparison. It's really um, showing very, very nicely. <laughs> the word of uh, the meaning of the unity and importance of every single person on the in the world. Thank you very much for that. Um, and I would like to um, ask the same question, uh, Dr. Tatiana Zinchenko. Could you please uh, tell us how you understand the meaning of unity in a building of creative society? Unity in creative society, first of all, starts with the constructive goal uh, under which we unite. And we have such a goal. This is the creative society. And united by this goal, we are already able to uh, develop the strategies and tactics, how we can unite our potential, uh, our great ideas, our energy, our resources. And because right now we are in such situation that we will uh, literally have to um, basically share every um, 
drop of water, every piece of bread to survive. Only uh, by doing that we will be able to survive and find a solution and use such technologies that we already have, but we will have to unite to use these technologies uh, in order to survive, but not to fight with each other. Once we will be ready and be able to put it all together and share it with everyone and interact with each other, uh, cooperate with each other, find solutions, look for solutions and uh, implement them, then we will be able to implement this goal, this wonderful goal where the main value is human life, where each person will be able to uh, basically develop himself and we will be able to implement such format of um, interactions as creative one. And after the conference that was held on the 24th of July, on the inside I felt this uh, that we are in the stage of no return, uh, in the point of no return. We have to stop de this denial and we have to start to interact with each other for this main common goal. We have to inform people to make them understand what is going on. And during this conference, we heard a lot of facts, a lot of information that was gathered so that people could see and realize that there is a problem and there is a solution of this problem. And basically to convey this information to every person that I meet every day, literally every day, this point of no return sounded as I have no right to live this day if I did not inform every person that I meet today um, with the information that I heard. But also I have to um, apply my initiative to uh, basically widen this uh, range of the contacts, um, you know, share the information on every meeting that I participate in, everywhere where I am, because we have no time to sit and wait. We need to basically um, shift to another stage, go to another stage, and not to be as an ostrich and hide our head in the sand, but we have to start acting. We have to basically start implementing the and, and thinking about how altogether we can survive and how altogether we can organize our way of living so that all people will be able to survive and have enough resources for this. What kind of technologies we need for this? What kind of uh, possibilities and just take it and do it and only after that all our bright knowledge that we have um, will be used constructively for the betterment uh, for the implementation of this goal and all 8 billion of people will be able to survive every one of us and then we'll be able to live happily and prosperously in the creative society thank you so much for emphasizing that we really need to share this information this vital and life-saving information with every single person that we know. That's the only one chance for us to survive in these circumstances that we live in right now. And dear viewers, if you didn't get a chance to watch the conference Global Crisis, this already affects everyone. Please do so. You can find the YouTube link below. Uh, the, in the description to this video. And please don't forget to share again with all people you know. And I would like to thank all our guests and all our viewers for your active participation in today's discussion and your support of the Creative Society. 
you contribute your contribution is so valuable for us for our society for our future so thank you so much for being with us today we would like to ev- invite everyone guests viewers to our next conference on december 4th global crisis time for the truth we want that all people participate in this conference that everybody understands the deep state of crisis which we are in we will see the progress between july 24th and december 4th in what happened to our planet how did it develop in just a couple of months we invite everyone to this conference and please share this information on the conference on july 24th and the invitation to the conference on december 4th this is vital information for every single person just as every one of us has this inner urge this inner duty to inform somebody if he knows that where he's traveling tomorrow or the city where he lives there there's coming just a bad weather big storm you just call your friend and tell him hey look in 2 hours there will be a storm in your city this is an inner duty of every one of us we do this right and we have now this inner duty towards all people on this planet to inform everybody about what is coming we thank very much our speakers today the interpreters who were and are translating live our round table and to thank everybody who made this round table possible deep gratitude to everybody and see you at the next round table thank you very much